0: Season 2 of Lightwork Presents Everything is Connected, where we share inspiring stories with artists and art professionals on a wide range of topics, including race, work ethics, inspiration, and the ways in which art influences and is affected by culture. Join us as we continue the journey of sharing the interesting and inspiring stories of some of today's hottest artists and art professionals in the industry. Let's go! On this episode we're joined by Nate Lewis. Nate is a visual artist most well known for his layered works on paper where he explores history, time, and movement through the body. He engages in a practice that incorporates photography, sculpture, drawing, and painting. Lewis's work is in the public collections of the Baltimore Museum of Art, the Studio Museum of Harlem, the Brooklyn Museum, the International African American Museum in Charleston, South Carolina, and the Virginia Museum of Fine Arts. Nate Lewis, thank you so much for joining me on an episode. I'm so excited to chat with you today. I'm really looking forward to learning a bit more about your practice and the incredible work that you do. So for the first question, I'd like to know a little bit more about how you got started in your art practice and in the work that you're doing now.
1: Yeah, well, I guess uh, I started drawing for the first time in my life in 2010. And I guess to to move things forward through the steps quickly, I started drawing in 2010. I started working with paper in 2013, 14, yeah, the end of 2013. The first way I started working with paper as material was through working with electrocardiograms of patients that I took care of. I worked as an intensive care unit nurse for nine years, so I started collecting the the rhythms and making individual pieces with them, collage and painting in the little squares of the rhythm, which indicates like a section of time in the piece. And from there, I started working with paper. Just after that, I started working with white. Paper, just and just exploring it, just sculpting it. It was where I had like a breakthrough essentially with my practice, really. And then after that, I started working with incorporating photography with it. That was in the middle of mid 2015. And then I went to Pioneer Works in 2017 and started expanding, I guess, working with ink with it and print methods. And I did a paper residency at Dudenay. And I learned some other print methods that I was working with there that I just continued to follow the thread of those things. And then work with video and sound and, yeah, it's just all kind of intersecting in one way or another now.
0: Definitely. I'm thinking a little bit about what you said a second ago about having breakthrough, having a breakthrough moment in your practice. Can you speak a little bit more in detail about that moment in particular and then more broadly how you sort of what's your feeling, interpretation and what is your opinion about how breakthrough moments can really completely change an artist's practice or an artist's trajectory in their career?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the first one I had, that was in 2000 and, uh, 2013, like, September with paper. It was something where I was working with paper, and I was, like, cutting into it, and essentially what happened was, I paid attention to a lot of pipe paper art, so it's kind of like I knew everything that's been done with it, because I've seen it all, and uh, something happened when I was cutting into it in the paper. I was using the blade kind of like pen in a very small section, like... Two inches by two inches, two inches. It turned to silk. That's what it looked like when I when I held it up to the light. And I knew because I saw so much work that was you know paper based. I knew that like I've never seen this before. And I knew that like if it could do this, it could do anything. And at that moment, I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna be a successful artist. Like I knew it. It was like it was like that slap eureka moment so that was one time I had a breakthrough that was the biggest breakthrough and I mean it was like a breakthrough of paper but really it was a creative breakthrough it was a way of understanding my mind and how I see, how I understand, how I feel how I hear something came through and in that, that kind of actually translates to a lot of my practice now in one way or another so that was one breakthrough I've had other breakthroughs and process and working with processes in terms of like some some print methods and because I mean the thing is like there's breakthroughs and then it was like oh this is just like a different process and I think what a breakthrough is is it's, it, it's something where you're there's like a profoundness and a broadness and you understand what you're doing in terms of the process but you understand how this particular process is tapping like into this particular frequency that you are, that you have. And then when you can start to understand that and apply that to different mediums and different methods, then it's like, it's a breakthrough and like you're locked in. So like I kind of figure out how to, I mean, I just had a, I just had a breakthrough just working on my video piece I understood, it was something where it was like a particular thing of understanding my process in in terms of video. And and it was something that taps into like a particular, these particular things that I do in terms of like thinking in my head and just moving through the world and like these little neuroses things that I have. And I turn that into a particular way of working with the medium and it just taps into this thread of and like this spirit and this patterning of how you think and how you live and that's so particular to, to yourself, you know? So for me, it's, yeah, that's what those are. Those are what these breakthroughs are for me because it's not just a particular thing. But it's just a greater understanding of how to tap into those particularities and that print that's particularly yours that you can continue to, you know, uh, conjure into your into your practice.
0: Yes, I love that, and it's making me think about the ways in which an artist finds creative breakthroughs in their work, but then they also find breakthroughs that can sort of seep into their person, into the personal. So into, yeah, like, you know, into relationships or into the way one sort of sees and thinks and feels as they're existing in the world. And I would love to hear you speak a little bit on that, like on the ways breakthroughs creatively and artistically have sort of impacted you personally.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I've for some reason I've always thought about my creative practice and abilities and thriving in it and like moving into different chapters in it in this way. I think I started thinking about this like when I was moving to New York in two thousand seventeen, I think. I kind of said this thing like uh like if my like practice grows, if my creative practice grows but I don't and becomes you know successful whatever but if I don't like grow as like a holistic person then like what's the point and I don't know if that's something that I like set onto myself and because I think about it like I kind of orchestrate it in that way or I don't know if it just works hand in hand like that with me and I think I think everybody's different, for sure, in terms of that relationship. That, But I know myself, there's there's this relationship between the creative practice and myself holistically, you know, as a complete person. And I think it, honestly, I think it probably has to do a lot with, now that I've, I've gone through a big phase of growth, I think it had to do with, I mean, it had to do with many different things, but I think a lot of it had to do with this, this like anxiety really and I think <clears throat> because I'm able to because I was able to rid of this anxiety and the, actually the anxiety is you know was caused because of many different many different things that you know I was like, kind of able to figure out I guess in this past year in even really even you know, more of it like this past six months Because I was able to figure that out. It's like it freed up so much space in my brain that I wasn't directing towards like just nonsense, anxiety, really. And because, you know, you know, interpersonally within, I was able to like get past these places that I felt stuck, you know, in my life. It then, you know, opens me up and yeah, it frees me. And it's kind of like, this space to, it's like that space in creating the distance between like really being able to distill and manifest these, whatever it is, these these creations and these ideas. For me, I feel like that's so much related to the distance and that space between me, you know, living, living, you know, in my truth, you know, and being able to, you know, it's that that constant dance, you know, with, with your heart, with how you want to, how you want to really be able to encapsulate it and, and, and and live in it how you want to, but how it is. So I think for me, I think it's the more, the more space that I can free and the more I'm able to live in my truth. And by that I'm able to understand myself more in, in such a deep insightful way, than that's then it applies creatively because for me it's so it's so hand in hand it's it's so close with one another that these these barriers you know that I was uh, giving to myself creatively because of many different reasons and then also the, the the barriers between the ideas that I was that I that I bring up I think you know it's kind of like they they kind of disappear and I can start, you know, creating poetry between all these different subject matters that maybe don't assume to have, like, a connection, you know?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I'm thinking about a lot of different things, right, now in response to the way you've answered that question. And I think this is probably a really good time to kind of talk a little bit more visually and in detail about what your work looks like. So, you know, let's just say... I've never seen your work and someone on you know who's watching the show has never actually put their eyes on your work. Can you kind of describe it in detail? What's happening? The you know more about the material that you're using and how you're manipulating it, but also the sense of motion and physicality. And I'd also like to talk a little bit about if you if you're comfortable to share like a little bit more deeply about your process, how you go from like photography to drawing to the actual application of like You know what kind of colors and paint and things you're using
1: yeah so i guess i'll just if i'm to describe it i say it starts often starts with a photograph i take image of whatever subject matter is printed on a sheet of paper inkjet print and and then i sculpt into it with a couple different sharp tools and different approaches so i i say like it pulls out different elements of the anatomy of the of the paper And it appears to be many different processes and many different layers, but it's all a single sheet of paper. When when people see it, they say that that it looks like a tapestry, and I think it's many different elements. But then there's also some print methods and ink involved. And then there's some, yeah, embossing, guitar, ink, graphite. And the movement in it, I think movement is, there's a lot of movement in just the patterns themselves, and then with the works with figures in movement. They're, you know, in, in places of movement often, not always. But, yeah, the movement part of it is because movement is something that I just, that's something I understand more than more than anything. Can you speak man, about
0: that? Like, maybe with capoeira or any of your physical training or any of, uh, yeah. I mean,
1: yeah, when I grew up, I grew up, I mean, essentially I grew up with jock, an athlete. So, you know, since the time I've been for five years old and I played, team, you know, team high school sports up until I was throughout senior year, you know, baseball, basketball, I did track. But I also, I mean, I played football, you know, just with friends. But, I mean, I rollerblade, I ski, I ice skate. As I got older, you know, I, you know, I trained boxing many of the times. So, I mean, I still box. I train capoeira as well. But, yeah, I mean, I'll do, I'll do yoga, I'll climb, like, you know, mountains like I'll do anything so I mean I realized like that's kind of my I'm um, you know I, I'm more adept at understanding the kinetics of my body and I'm you know understanding the and understanding the kinetics of you know my body it's kind of like the first way how I started understanding because I didn't draw until I was 25 until 2010 so it was my way for understanding rhythm and pattern and dissonance and and composition and tension so and then so that combined with music and my understanding of music it all it all comes together and in a way where this movement is just kind of it's a part of how I think really and and a lot of in a lot of my practice
0: for sure I love that I'm reading a little bit about like your bio and I want to talk a little bit about the idea of movement, history, and healing in your work. Can you sort of comment on how those ideas make their way into your work but also into the way that you're thinking? About the work from a contextual standpoint, as opposed to just the the visual experience, but also like what you intend the work to do and to to mean. Yeah, I mean, it's almost
1: it's difficult for it to mean a specific thing because you know people are gonna let it mean it'll mean whatever they you know they want it to mean you know and. And going about this particular past year or so, or so, I started understanding, you know, what movement is for for myself even more, a greater understanding of what movement means for me, and also what it means for a lot of people who are actually, you know, practitioners of movement, and it's something that they've done, you know, their entire lives. So I realized movement more than anything is like it's you know it's a higher form of like you know of a language really and it's like people call it like dance you know per se but like the thing is a lot of people who are movers like they don't even consider it like this dance thing dances it's because dance has this particular it has like a particular connotation So like, oh it's entertainment We're here to entertain you and it's like dance is this thing where it's about almost like it's about like this public performing thing and you know movement to people who are you know like i was just listening to uh, bill t jones and recently on, a, on another podcast and he was saying that he took away dance from his company because he's like no it's movement and I heard that, and I'm like, yes. I'm like, that's so, that's so, you know, interesting to me that he said that because that's how I started thinking about movement.
0: Yes. Can can we take a pause? You were speaking about the distinction between dance and movement, and not calling yeah. what is happening in your mm-hmm. work dance. Maybe the categorization doesn't really encompass or even speak to what's happening. In 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 your work or in the way you think about your work, and I'm curious to kind yeah. of dive deeper into that. Can you talk a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to speak from every single angle of something, and it's hard to try to say it in this particular way because obviously there's so much that there's so much history and how people feel about what dance is. But for me personally, and I know for a lot of people who are, you know, professional, professionally, you know, move, dance, that they kind of, a lot of people I talk to feel about it the same way. And I was listening to Bill T. Jones speak about it recently, and he told me he took the name of, he took dance out of the name of his company because he thinks of movement in so much of a deeper way. And he said it was a higher form of language a higher, higher form of language which is something that i've you know been thinking about myself and then he said it was also a belief system and and being somebody who's you know i've been a, a practitioner of movement my entire life and it has in so many different forms and it being recreational as a child it being a way to strengthen my body and it being a way to, you know, this, you know, of, of being like a therapeutic thing, and then, in it being like a martial thing, and participating in so many movements that that are from so many different cultures and backgrounds. Yoga, capoeira, boxing, basketball, baseball, ice skating, skiing. Like when I think about movement, when I participate in movement, and now that I understand movement, I understand it in such a like an anthropological way. And and I. I, and I understand how each you know different type of movement can assist your understanding of other movements. But the deepest thing for me, and I've talked to a couple other people, I've never had too many deep conversations, too many in depth conversations with, I guess you know, people you know who are practitioners of movement, and that's what they do for the, for the livelihood, or they've been doing this entire life. But I realized that something I realized because I'm just I. You know, I, I'm paying attention and insightful of, you know, myself and my patterns. I mean, more of this has been within the past couple of years, actually. I realized that movement is, it's like a bit of a time machine for me. And I encounter myself through movement. Because movement, the memory is in the movement. And I participated in different forms of movement throughout different times of my life. The most, the one that I've participated in the longest and I've done the most is basketball. From the time I've been in whatever. That I remember is probably like fourth, fifth grade to, I still do it, right? So when I play basketball, I encounter and I can conjure and think about and it comes to me like patterns that i have and patterns that i might have had back then and feelings that i might have had back then how i thought about all aspects of my life when i play basketball i encountered them and i play basketball most of the time i just play by myself and i mean that's what i did growing up too because you know when you're working when you're when you're in the gym you know most of it by yourself so Now when I'm playing basketball, I'm playing, I'm playing by myself and I'm thinking about my life while I'm playing. And it's like, I have this, yeah, it's this, this time machine. And I tap into, and I think about, you know, inhibiting patterns I had that like, wow, I still do this. I did this in high school and I still do this now. Or I thought about this like this and like, I was able to change this. So I really encounter like so many issues all, all the issues in my life that that I have to deal with through movement, and like you know, Capoeira, I, I started when I was like twelve, thirteen, and this particular—I mean, that's twelve, fifteen, two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen. So that's a shorter—that's a shorter time frame that I participated in that movement. But I mean, it's still what eight years, nine, ten years, almost. Yeah. So that there's a there's a different you know, level of of memories and patterns and my behaviors and my thinking that comes with that. So it's like this, it's this thing where now that like when I participate in these movements now, now that like, you know, I've had a lot of mental health breakthroughs over the past like year. And like I said, six months, now I feel so much comfortable in these movements. And I'm encountering Those things that I encountered that I had even just a year ago, it's like, they're not there anymore. And I feel so much more fluid and comfortable in in these movements. So
0: it's like these things have been resolved, you know? Totally. Totally. I think that's probably a good time, you know, now to kind of switch gears and talk a little bit about your show that's on now currently at Friedman Gallery, Turning the Currents. Can you talk a bit about that?
1: Yeah, yeah, so I guess I've kind of been, since the pandemic hit in 2020, which was like a week or two before my, a week after, uh, essentially, um, when well, things started shutting down, uh, a show opened up in 2020 that I had at Fritman Gallery. In 2020, I I just, I kind of knew, I knew this period was going to be, these past couple of years were going to be a, a profound time. And I knew they could be a profound time of like, of, like, continuing to do the same that I that I was doing and kind of being stuck in this place or where it could be, like, an extraordinary time of growth. And that's, like, personal, you know, interior and also creatively, really. So I was, like, I was summoning, I've been summoning, like, all these, these different elements, you know, to, to come together. And, I mean, I think the biggest thing was really just, like, you know, personal growth and, I think that led to all these different elements coming together. I really wanted to, I didn't, I wasn't exactly sure how the, the particular, the particularities of everything, everything kind of came together, like, even just like the past six months, really. But I wanted the show to, I wanted it to feel calm and I wanted to feel peaceful because the past couple years were so not that in such an acute way. And all the, all my other work, I guess, in the past, I've made in this place of, like, conflict. And, you know, kind of conflict and, like, yeah, things being kind of erratic in a way. And I'm, like, I don't want to make from that place because things in these past couple years have just been not that. And I want to be, like, calm and peaceful in making this work. And I want this is how I want the show to feel because it's just wild. So... The, the movement the figurative pieces that i worked on um, <clears throat> there's a, such a calmness to them and really i i kind of made them from that place i used to make place make the work it was but i guess also i, I figured out how to be more in control of what i'm doing compositionally and kind of gained like an antenna for understanding color more and understanding how to use my processes more so I did at Dudenay, the experimental paper lab in Brooklyn. I did a I did a residency there in 2018 and figure out some processes um, that I came up with to work with and then I I just went back in just last a month and a half ago to explore those processes and push them. I wanted there to be because I knew those pieces would bring just the completely, you know, the complete abstract and I knew they were just going to bring a range of emotion that, you know, the figurative pieces weren't bringing a different range of ideas and thought because I was really, I was thinking about, like, landscapes and all of the ways, you know, like the landscapes, like biological landscapes and the imbalance of them, you know, and that's what we're so much thinking about in the psychological landscapes. And then this landscape of, of the land, of the earth, it was something with you know, less human interruption, interaction with it. They, it did their own, did its own tuning. So I felt like the works at Doudanet, I felt like I could bring them in a place that could capture just a lot and the works could be read in a different way and many different ways. And that's kind of what they ended up ended up being. And then what I'm most excited about and the most important piece in the show and piece I've ever made is a video piece that I made downstairs. I wanted to, the video piece idea started with wanting to work with diagnostic imagery, MRIs, CTs, angiograms, ultrasounds, you know, medical imagery. I was working, I started playing with it, and when it, came, it was probably like June of 2020, July of 2020, and I was trying to think about a way to work with it, and the best way I realized to work with it is to do it through video, moving, moving imagery. Because that's how it's read, that's how it's looked at. And you can exemplify, you know, this careful way of looking at it and exploration of it through using video because that's not just how it's meant to be looked at and cared for. So <clears throat> I have that imagery which I got from you no know, physicians that I know. Some are like particularly of patients like who had COVID CTs. Some aren't patients that aren't particularly didn't have COVID or whatever. But it was just about this imagery during this time. To me it was the most important imagery because it was like it was like everything was kinda of distilled into this imagery. And this this imagery is what determined people. It was a it was the language that showed these imbalances, you know, within, you know, people's bodies and this is why everything happened. So it's kinda of like I was thinking about like the the conflict of of, of the natural world and of society. And everything else in between, you know, is distilled into these images. So I have those images part of the work. But then I also wanted another layer of a language that could kind of encapsulate this idea regarding the world and thinking about this on a global scale and thinking about it in a way that could speak to, like, the movement, the responsibility, the movement in the systematic way that how how the world was so interconnected through and one thing affects the other so i was thinking about using weather data because weather you know whatever happens on one side of the globe temperature of the water wind whatever it affects everything on the other it's just it's a system just like the system inside of the human body so it's kind of like a perfect thing to use and um and it the data that I came across and I did some things to process it and figuring out a way that could work for me. It ended up, I could end up figuring out a way that like has the aesthetic of my work, which right. is pretty wild.
0: So and, the and then, I'm sorry to interrupt, but the Zoom yeah. is going to, the Zoom is going to cut off in a second. So I just scheduled another one for 40, like at 1145. And I think it, okay. we could just take another 10 minutes maybe and wrap up. But I, I just wanted to let you know, like this, this call is going to end. Cool. The Zoom. Did okay. you did you get the other one I just sent? Let me see. We can hop on that one now. I think.
1: Hello. Hello. Hey. Swerve. That was smooth.
0: Okay. Cool. Cool. <laughs> hmm. So you were talking about weather patterns.
1: Yeah. So uh, yeah. So the weather data it ends up it ends up almost what I did with it. I um, did some layering with it over, over the diagnostic imagery in some interesting ways. Wind data, weather data, and it almost feels like it feels like blood flow. It feels cellular, and then it also relates to the aesthetic of my work in this like perfect aligning way, which was so interesting to me and i was like oh yeah i absolutely have to use this and then the other element of the work is is movement and i had a did i took photos of the mover dancer i mean i did dorshell was one of them and Semyon was the other one and the particular one that i did was I took a burst of photos with like, I mean, I took all the photos in like a burst, but I did a lot of them with slow shutter speed. And when I was scrolling through them, I was scrolling through them like I was scrolling through the CT images and the MRI images, which the CT and MRI images are like tests. It's like stop motion. It's like slices of images and fragments of images that make up the video. So I kind of make the videos by understanding that and figuring out a way to figure out a way to create a video by using those and I kinda was scrolling through images and I'm like, oh I could do the same thing with this. But I figured out a way how to like digitally re choreograph things. That's what I did with the CTs and then that's what I did with the movement. And the thing about that is the same way that I think imagery is or the C T imagery. It's like a careful combing through slice by slice because you need to find or MRI, whatever diagnostic imagery, because you need to find the moment, this interesting moment of imbalance or something that doesn't feel right, you know, to understand, yeah, you know, where the imbalance may be or isn't. And But that's kind of how I think about movement. You know, myself, as I'm constantly training movements repetitively and combing through each, each yeah, each fragment of, of movement and understanding how to tune each movement to get it right. And it's like how I see it too. I'll go and I'll like watch a ballet or something or not ballet, just anything, whatever, any type of movement. Even I'm watching a basketball game and it's like, there's a particular moment where I'm like, oh, that move, like that was, that was everything. Like I saw the sunrise in that movement, but then it goes on to like many other strings of movements. And I'm like, no, I want to understand that one particular movement. So it's kind of like, You know, just my natural thought in understanding movement and enjoying it and participating in myself, that's kind of how I created the the video. And I digitally re-choreographed, like, a a short string of, like, a set of movements that the mover Simeon did and created pauses and just, like, a different cadence than he did. And
0: And Simeon is the dancer.
1: Yeah, Simeon's the dancer.
0: Yeah, that's that's really it's interesting to see the way movement and sort of the ideas of history and time are making their way into your work. And I'm I think this is also a good time to ask about, you know, experimenting within your practice, being comfortable to try new things and being comfortable to not limit yourself to what's being like what is successfully selling in your market and being open to trying new things. Can you speak about that?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I, you know, would pay attention to things early on and I realized, you know, part of being an artist is about... I mean, obviously, it's so much being an artist, but a lot of it is about... I just, I knew that I didn't want to be an artist who was a in particular. Well, I mean, it's changed at, it's changed at different times, but I realize I just... I feel a lot. And I feel a lot and... There's a lot of different elements to who I am as a person. There's a lot of different elements to my background, you know, being so interested in in movement and a spiritual element and the medicine aspect and the musical aspect. And I'm mixed, you know, I'm black, I'm white. There's so many different things, right? So I'm feeling so many different things all the time and it's, there's a broad range of things that I feel regarding different subject matters. So I can't just put a show up and be like, oh, like this is what this is this one particular thing that like I was feeling at this time because I wanna present who I am and what I I wanna present what I was feeling during this particular period because you know, I don't take I don't take having shows. I don't take them lightly. It's it's serious for me, and I put yeah, I put when I I mean so far these two shows I've had like I, I put everything into them. I kind of empty myself. So yeah, it's like you got to bring them along for the ride. Um, and I think once once people start to understand the thread that you know in the frequency that you're riding on, and then when, once they start to see the enter how all these different things interconnect. They're just going to be, you know, a lot more um, interested in what you do. And they're going to expect that as well. But also, yeah, I mean, if you have something that sells well, then you have room to be able to make other things that you want, you know, because I mean, you know, for me, I mean, it's it's my life's work. So I have to understand that and Understand that the reason why I got to where I was wasn't because I was like trying to the materials that I was using. I was using the first time I was working with paper was electrocardiogram rhythms. And like that's not like sexy, but like interesting looking. It's like data. It's boring. So it's like I'm I have to follow that follow that thread because like it's worked for me. And, you know, creating with integrity and thinking with integrity and authenticity into you know, my experiences in the different chapters of my life is I realized like, that's what works for me.
0: I love that. I think that that's a perfect sentiment to sort of round out the episode with. And so if you could share, are there any, you know, exciting projects upcoming or anything that you're particularly excited about in the near future that you might want to share?
1: I'm just excited about, you know, this, I guess, creating this work. I really, yeah, I was really able to tap into understanding myself and just my process in, like, a broad way. So, I, yeah, I went into this, I went into into the show and after getting everything done, I'm like, I'm really energized to, Whereas last show I had, I was, like, exhausted in 2020. I was, like, tired. but That's because I was, like, I was working so much that prior two years, I was just, like, nonstop. So I feel incredibly energized right now. And I want to just tap in because I feel like I, I mean, I did. I just started tapping into, you know, a new understanding of how I create. So, yeah, I'm not in a rush to do anything. I'm not in a rush. I mean, there's things on the horizon. But I'm just enjoying, I'm enjoying this and I'm enjoying being into this new, you know, new space of really understanding what I'm doing and what I
0: want. I love that. That's beautiful. And this has been such a great episode. Thank you so much for chatting with me and taking the time to talk to me a little bit more about the work that you do and some of the ways that you think about your work and why it's so meaningful and important to you. It's been such a pleasure, Nate. Thank you again
1: thank you so much it was such a good time
0: that was our episode with Nate Lewis I want to give a big shout out and a thank you to Nate for joining the show and It's a wrap, folks. That's our episode of Lightwork Presents Everything is Connected, conversations on culture and current events with some of today's hottest creative contemporaries. These episodes were recorded in between New York and Miami and reflect the times we are living in while also adding some commentary to the social, cultural, and political issues of the past year. I'm your host, Fola Shade Ologundudu, and we'll see you next time. As always, stay motivated, stay inspired, and stay up. Peace and love, y'all. We out.